Welcome to Solo Network. I'm Jason Child, Video Manager for Solo Network. Uh, today I'm sitting down with Baldwin Chu, aka Only One, rapper, artist, and the sub one of the subjects of uh, our feature film, Far East, Deep South, uh, that we're, we're uh, promoting. And so, wonderful to have you, Baldwin. I'm glad you're here. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I would love to hear your testimony on how did you become a Christian? How did you come to follow Christ? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I was kind of, you know, I was raised in, in, a, in a Christian family. Um, went to a, a Chinese church in San Francisco. Um, so I kind of I understood the whole, the whole what, what, what being a Christian was all about. Um, I, I guess I accepted Christ somewhere in the elementary school, but it really wasn't until um, I was in college and um, I was going through some things in college. And, and it's funny because one of the things I, I actually, when I was a youth counselor, I would tell students, I would say, you know, a lot of times college is where your faith gets tested and that's where you're either going to grow in your faith or you're going to lose your faith. And, and it's very rare that you stay where you are. And that, that definitely was what happened to me. Um, I got to a point where I was like challenging my faith in college and I was wondering, man, I see all these bad things that are happening in the world. I have friends that are in the church that are, um, you know, doing things that are not really godly. But then again, I have friends that are not in the church that are like really close to me and encouraging me. And I'm just like, it's kind of reversed sometimes. So, so do I continue in my faith um, when, when there's so much pain that's in the church? And so what I did in college was I, you know, I had open access to a lot of different things, right? You're in college, you can, you can study a whole lot of different religions. I took a world religions class. I started studying more Buddhism. I got into, I got really heavy into the martial arts. So I was, I was looking into Taoism and, you know, as, as an engineer, I was actually um, have a mechanical engineering degree. I love science ever since I was a kid. And so I would, I would study evolution and I would just look at all these different things that were not of the Christian faith, God. And the more I looked into it and tried, the more hopeless I felt. Um, I stopped listening to Christian music. I was only listening to the mainstream music, secular music. Um, and of course, that music didn't really help me either. You know, it's all sad, heartbreak, you know, trauma, you know, vengeance. And I was like, oh man, this isn't making me feel better at all. Um, so eventually I got to the point where it was a breaking point. I was like, okay, God. Um, none of these other things that I'm exploring is, is helping me. So if you really are the God that I grew up with, then you got to show me and you got to, you have to let me understand inside that you are really the one, right? And, um, all the same time, you know, I'm, I'm still into music and stuff like that too. And I wasn't sure where do I shift my music? Um, I wasn't sure if, if I could even be a Christian doing hip hop or beatbox. You know, beatbox is fine. He's just making noises in their mouth. But like, as far as hip hop and lyrics go, it's like, wh where do I do with that if I'm going to really follow my faith? Um, ultimately, God put me in this place where it was like, okay, I let you. You know, like, I love you so much that I let you try to walk away. Um, but I've always kept that little string on you to let you know that I wasn't going to totally let you go. And that little tiny string pulled me back. And, um, and that's when I really came back to Christ and I was like, you know, like, um, okay, I, I'm all in now, but, but you got to guide the rest of my path because, because the world's not going to let me, is not going to guide me <laughs> closer to you. Right. And so I think, you know, college really was that time where, where I was able to, to really bring my faith back to God and say like, Hey, all right, I'm in. Mm. And as you're, you know, recommitting to Christ, you still love hip hop and you love rapping. 
how did those two kind of reconcile your faith and your art? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I started. I'm <laughs> give my, give out my age. I was a teenager in the late '80s, you know, um, and I had a lot of friends. Uh, I, I went to a, a relatively non-Asian, well, pretty much non-Asian <laughs> school. Uh, I moved from San Francisco to the uh, suburb of Sacramento. And so when I was going to elementary school there, I, I think I was one of just a few Asian kids there. Um, and so I really got into hip hop. Um, but my 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 first uh, the inspiration for hip hop was like Will Smith. Parents just don't understand. Uh, Run DMC, you be illin. I was like, oh, this stuff is funny. You know, it's 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 got main points that are that I could feel in my life. Um, but it wasn't like at the point yet where it was like vulgar or gangster or. Or you know like profanity laden, right? It was just really fun, and I, that's when I really got into it. Um, it was after when it started getting a little bit more dirty, you know. It got a little more, uh, you know, hip hop. <laughs> uh, I started wondering, okay, is that even part of? Can I even be a Christian and, and like this? When I when I turned my faith back over to God, um, people used to always say because um, so this was in the late '80s, and, and I really started rapping like in the early '90s. And I was writing a lot of lyrics. I was still in high school, um, so when I was in college and I made that recommitment, um, I was I needed to come up with a hip hop name, right? I could I could just you know, it was it was weird. I could just be like I'm Baldwin the rapper, right? So I, I was like, what do I do about my name? And people would always say like, well, you're like the only one that's like Chinese and you're rapping. You're the only one that's rapping in Chinese and English, right? You're the only one that thinks that you don't need to like cuss or use profanity and keep it clean and think, how can you be a rapper and be clean? You're the only one that's in school studying engineering and you're a rapper, right? And it's like, you're the only one doing all these things that are totally outside the box. You will surely fail. And, and I, I had to come to grips with that. I was like, okay, well, then do I give up? Do I just let it go? And I felt like God was really saying... No, I got your back. Like you, you tried to walk away, and I pulled you back. I still got your back. So I changed the, the name, the number one. When they said you're the only one, I'd say like, okay, well, let's change it to W O N. So what it means is that though I'm only one person, I haven't lost to the pressures of the world, but I've won because of the only one. And I knew that as long as I kept things in his perspective, I don't have to like turn to the world, but I don't have to be like. I didn't feel like I had to be overtly like in your face Christian, but I could just be real, right? That's what hip hop's all about, being real. I could be real about the world and I could be real about my faith and I could be real about my whatever environment that it's in. And I felt like God was saying like that's where I want you to be. And so you could you could still be real, you can still be rapping for the kingdom without leaving the world. Um, and, and so that's 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 how I reconciled the music. You know, I think that's so powerful because I've seen, you know, um, these young people loving hip-hop and loving rap uh, and trying to go into it and so often just mimicking the ways of the world. How did you discover or how, what were some of the discoveries when you were like, I'm going to take these crazy interests and these crazy different identities that I'm at and put them into my art? How do you feel like that separated you and helped you to define yourself well, certainly i i didn't know in the beginning you know because my model wasn't asian and it wasn't christian um so i felt like okay well then if my models are predominantly black rappers then i kind of have to maybe look like them or act like them or, or rap like them um 
as I look more into my faith and I look more into myself and just what, what hip hop really is, you know, like again, being real, I had to like dig deep into myself, like, well, who am I really then? I'm not the gang member. I might have gang member friends, but I'm not the gang member. So I could take some of their experiences and, and put it into my life, but I don't really live their life. Uh, I, I go to church. So what are the things in church that bother me, right? I mean, a lot of times hip hop is about like the things that you're, that bother you, right? It's all about freedom of expression and, and being willing to like upfront call it out. And there are definitely things in the church that I, I, I felt like I needed to call out. Uh, of course, there's things in the world that I wanted to call out. But then I also realized that when the whole root of it started with me, it was because of the fun nature of it. So I rap about dim sum because I love eating dim sum. Um, I eventually became an engineer, had a professional engineering license. I started rapping about technology, science, engineering. And I was like, well, that's me, right? They started calling me the lyrical engineer. And I was like, well, yeah, because I mean, I'm, I'm keeping it real, right? I'm not keeping it real. I'm starting to like rap like a gangster, right? Uh, so I think all of that, and then of course my faith, right? Um, and you know, being able to interject my faith. Uh, sometimes I could be more upfront with it if I'm doing something more worshipful. Uh, I like to call it worship hop. Uh, but uh, but it was just like rapping about regular things, you know. Like I could, I love to interject it in a in a normal sense, not not an in your face sense, you know. Like like stating stuff like, well, God gave me a mind, so with AutoCAD I can design a machine right on time, right? So I'll just a quick little props. God gave me this mind, so I can do what I'm doing. So stuff like that. I love worship hop as a <laughs> genre. And I, think we I was going to copyright it. I'm, I'm trademarking <laughs> it right here. This is time scale. So. Um, and for a lot of uh, kids that have grown up in first generation church, hip hop was seen as very <laughs> not Christian, right? Very um, not acceptable in church. <laughs> you know, as this second generation of Asian Americans emerges, what would you say you found is the value of hip hop as a genre to faith expression and the faith experience? It's funny you say that because like I, I do remember I grew up in a Chinese church and I was DJing at my college and so we had a big giant picnic and and um, I was like, well, I'll bring in the music, right? And so I brought the DJ equipment from the school uh, radio station and I put on gospel hip-hop, I put gospel, R&B, and everything was Christian, right? But it, it was it was definitely like hip-hop, R&B, some pop, you know, mixed in there too. And I remember some of the older Chinese ladies like going up to my dad, and my dad was like, he was like, what are you, what's your son doing? He's like, he's playing this, this, this music, right? And, and I had a little, I had a little scolding when I got home, like, what are you doing? Like, you know, there's like Christians and Chinese old ladies Right, <laughs> and and that was that was one of the, those were one of several moments. But um, the good thing was that I was asked to do that by the church, by the leadership. Right, they they knew that the old Chinese ladies were going to be there, but they asked me to bring the music, um, and they knew what I was into. Um, and and I, I I was fortunate that I went to a church that allowed me to play with that that expression. Um, funny enough, the church ended up. Um, the church was located in a predominantly black and minority area, and it was kind of low income, and Chinese people would flock into this neighborhood every Sunday uh, and Friday nights to go to church, and then they'd leave the area. Eventually, um, the, the, the church relocated, and they relocated to an area where most of the Chinese people were living, a little more middle class, um, and then, but the, by now, the parents um, are older, like the, 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 the the young adults are now older and are, are now parents. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, and they come back to me, right? And they're, they're saying, 
hey, remember how like you used to do like that rap stuff? I can't get away from it because my kids are listening to it. Um, but um, you know, we haven't really been doing as much of it, you know, like, but now that we're opening up this new church, uh, maybe the first thing we should do is do a rap concert. <laughs> I was like, what? And like, yeah, would you run that? Right? And so I, I booked, um, so we did, we did this show. We, um, we, I brought in like, uh, I brought in like these rap artists. I brought in like a dance group. I brought in like, like this, before they had the sing-off, you know, they had, like a rock hip-hop appella group that was there and they were amazing and then of course i rapped and beatboxed and stuff and it was um it was a really cool thing and and we brought in all the youth and we had a basketball tournament and and it was like the kickoff to this new chinese church was like a big rap concert uh and um and i felt like that was it that was a point where i felt like our church was was starting to like open up and understand the power of music uh, of course, that's, I wouldn't say all churches did that. I, I think it was very unique because I grew up maybe in the church and they, they knew they could eventually trust me. The youth pastor had my back. Um, he was actually the one. He said, like, hey, our drummer's down. Uh, we have no drummer for worship. Could you beatbox? I was like, what? You let me, you let me spit on his mic? So, yeah, I, I beatboxed during worship service. And I was, like, rocking out, right? And then we would, you know, like, more guts, no, you know, like... <laughs> More God, no glory. You know, blah, blah, blah. Like we're, we're like we're just getting the whole church up, and then I started beatboxing without the without the drummer, and the kids loved it. Um, but I think part of that was really uh, was um, because I had friends. It was a Chinese church, and I had friends that were not Chinese that I wanted to invite to the church, and some of them would would be like, they were like, I, I don't feel comfortable because I'm not Chinese, right? But then we had all these second generation kids that that were, um, you know, not really speaking as much Chinese, you know, all their friends are Americanized, even though I speak Chinese too, you know, like most of my friends were English speaking, and they didn't feel like they were welcome in the church. And we're like, no, you're welcome. I mean, we have an English service, right? We go to the English service. But they're like, well, but there's still a lot of Chinese people there, and we didn't feel like, you know, it was appropriate or something, right? And so that's when, um, that's when I think the pastor and, and even myself, I was like, you know, maybe we should do more hip hop. We should, we should try to, infuse it in a little bit of our worship and we should maybe do some shows and some concerts or something like that. And so, um, so, so I think that, that really helped and I think that's why it's important for the church to understand that. You know, we use David a lot in our, you know, like when, when um, in the Psalms, they like sing into the Lord a new song, right? And, and um, you know, which is, a lot of times the church says, oh, we, we're just real traditional. We want to just, this is not, this new music is not, right? Part of it. We need to go traditional. But what's traditional, right? Traditional is like 100 years ago. But like, man, if you go really traditional, like 10,000 years ago, right? You had like a God that said, I am creative, right? You, had, you go back to Exodus and, and you're talking about like, what, who builds a church? Yes, I'm a mechanical engineer, but am I going to build a church as a mechanical engineer? Or are you going to hire Bezalel, who's like an artist, to build your temple, right? With creativity, right? And so... So those were kind of my arguments with the church. I'm just like, if you're going to go traditional, don't just go back 100 years. Go back several thousand years and see like what God said about being creative, what God said about um, singing unto him a new song, right? And, and can we continue to use those traditions today and sing unto the Lord a new song with creativity and build an artistry to make, make his temple, his church, beautiful? Yeah. 
And I know a lot of our solar network um, churches have really been reconciling the last few years um, with the fact that a lot of times when we say traditional, we mean traditionally white, right? <laughs> like, you know, that that's kind of the culture that a lot of Asian American churches have consciously or unconsciously adopted. You know, your experience with hip hop and being in an art form that is predominantly black and Latinx how do you feel like churches in, the, in that embrace of hip-hop, in that embrace of this different genre of music, how does that kind of help to reconcile with our black uh, and our brown brothers and sisters? You know, ironically, um, most of my support were from there. Like, I, in the very, very beginning, it was hard for me to, like, to really say, like, okay, I'm going to do a concert at my Chinese church. Um, but then my DJ was black. And so he said, well, why don't you come over to my church? And I remember they had a dance team that was all black, a uh, hip-hop dance team. And we went in, I went to his church on a, on a, on a Friday night or, a, you know, either doing rehearsals or something. I can't remember what it was. But he brought me in there and he was DJing for the dance group. And he was like, come on up, right? And so I'm, I'm, I'm like the only Asian guy there, right? So he's like, wait me up. So I go up there and I start rapping. And I start rapping in Chinese. And then I go back in English. And then I was like, and all of a sudden you see all these dancers stop. They were like, Oh, right? And, and so I was like, wow, you know? And he was like, just nodding his head, looking at me, right? And then, um, and I was thinking, okay, you know, the, my inspiration really was from a Latino rapper. Because when I was going to Chinese church, you know, I, was, I was like, well, how do, I, how do I make this work in a Chinese church, right? And so, um, of course, you know, with, with older Chinese, they're like, they're really glad you speak Chinese, even if you're an ABC, an American-born Chinese person, right? Like, oh, you speak Chinese? That's great. I heard this rapper, his name's T-Bone, and he was rapping with some friends of mine who were also in the Christian music industry, um, uh, JC Crew at that time, and he rapped, and he was, he's from Nicaragua, and he, or, and he was rapping in um, Spanish and in English, but rapping about God. And I was like, oh, man. I could totally do this in Chinese. And so that's when I started doing it in the church, in Chinese. And I think that language barrier, that language when I started rapping in Chinese in the church, they were like, okay, I mean, that's kind of fun. You know, first they thought it was cute, right? Oh, that's kind of cute. Um, and, and it gave a little bit more acceptance. So I think that along with, um, you know, my inspirations being, you know, I would say like T-Bone really kind of helped encourage me to like find my own, in my language and to be able to do it that way and then the black community kind of supporting me in it um still trying to find that asian love but it's a little bit better these days maybe mm -hmm. but um it was it was very encouraging for me to know that that other people you know the black community uh, really really supported me and a lot of you know a lot of my friends were black that were that were rappers most of them and they've they've always had my back it's but <laughs> the record labels on the other side Maybe not so. <laughs> <laughs> not so much. Um, well, for like AAPI, like churches outside of your church, as you've seen, right, in terms of the reception that you've gotten, how has that changed? And how do you kind of hope that Asian American churches will change when it comes to embracing Christian Asian American hip hop? Uh, well, it definitely looks better today. Um, you see a lot more artists, you know, they're a lot younger than me, and I'm glad you know, that, that they're coming up and, and that they're willing to express themselves too because now they're, they're newer, right? They're younger, they have a more fresh flavor, fresh look on life. Um, and I feel like the church can't help but evolve a little bit, right? So 
me rapping 25 years ago, right? Different from the younger guys, you know, rapping now and, and finding a little bit more acceptance. I think it helps that the general world culture is more accepting of Asians, um, you know, in this type of music. Uh, it certainly took a while. Um, you know, when you see America's Best Dance Crew being a pajama, you know, some of the winners and or finalists being of Asian descent, you know, like, or just like Jabberwockies, they have a mask on, so you don't see their face, but then they're like, man, they're tight. And then they see their, they take off and you find out they're Asian. It's like, but then now they're seeing, you're, you're, they're being seen by their art. They're being seen by their ability to perform, their ability to create. And I think uh, it's, it's kind of like that whole Americanness. Like, like if you, if you're, if you can be accepted by who you are and, rather than what you just look like, then I think uh, it opens up a whole lot more opportunities for all of us. As, a, as an artist that has gone through multiple seasons of your life. Thank you um, for saying multiple seasons. <laughs> right? like, being an old dude, you can see the wrinkles on your smile. Hey, I say seasons of age <laughs> and wisdom. It's okay. Um, how has your art in the, informed your faith? How has your art kind of resonated with your faith and taught you things about God that you wouldn't have known otherwise? Yeah, I mean, I kind of talked about a little bit more earlier about just, you know, God being creative, you know, God honoring creativity, God, um, you know, taking it back to the Genesis, God creating the world, right? And I think um, as, I, as I look into my creativity, um, you know, I feel like it's, it's in everything that we do. Um, even when I was an engineer, you know, I, I speak about engineering when I, um, you know, when I was working with the Obama administration as a spokesperson for their STEM program, engineering program, I used hip hop and music to try to do that. And it was because when people understand that creativity and artistry is within all of us, it doesn't matter what occupation we have, but creativity is in us because if we're created in God's image and God is a creator, then we must all be creative. Right. So I think that understanding in myself and the understanding that it's in everybody as well, then not only can I create, I should be able to expect other people to appreciate that creativity. And in the same sense, I should be able to create, appreciate other people's creativity, whether it's in hip hop, music or other other forms, you know, painting or visual uh, creative, any type of create creativity. Right. And we should be able to see that in our lives as we like as an engineer how do i create something do i just make something that works or do i make something that's beautiful and works right same with anything else any other type of profession can you find that beauty and that artistry in what you do to to not just make something work or happen or be effective but do it in a way that's aesthetically pleasing or pleasant um, because that's how god intended it to be um last question when you think about, you know, this emerging generation of Asian American Christian artists who are loving hip hop and creating hip hop, how would you encourage them in their lives in terms of what, you know, their future may or may not hold? Yeah, I mean, if you're talking specifically in the Christian music industry, I mean, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. And, um, and I, you know, I, I joined the Gospel Music Association at a younger age and I'm still in touch with a lot of the people there. And we're hoping that our film, now that they do films, you know, in, in, in the Gospel Music Association, we, we hope that we, our film can be accepted. But to be quite honest, um, the unfortunate thing with contemporary Christian music or gospel music industry, if you want to call it an industry or just a genre, it, it hasn't been fully accepting of this face, 
quite yet. Um, and I, I don't think it's necessarily intentional all the time. Maybe it's just they're not used to it. So as Asian Americans, I think we need to norm, normalize who we are. We need, to, we need to be willing to understand that it's a lot of work. I think a lot, that, that's part of the problem too. I think a lot of, when they say, oh, Asian people, you work hard. I would say yes, but only maybe up to a point. We, we, and maybe I'm calling out our own community a little bit on this. But I think a lot of times we are willing to work hard until it gets comfortable. And then after that, we don't really want to push to that next level. It's, you know, it's easy to get to that upper middle class, middle class status and then hold and maintain. But it takes a whole lot effort, more effort to go from that to this influential person, the one that's leading the conversations, the one that's leading the worship, right? Not just singing and doing well, playing music that's written by somebody else, but taking that extra step to creating the music that inspires somebody else to worship God, right? That takes a whole lot of extra effort and it does take a whole lot of extra risk. And so for the Asian community, Asian American community to really want to continue that, if they want to be that voice, if they want to be the Asian American Chris Tomlin, right? Um, they need to understand that there's a lot of work to be done there. And, but, they need to, they, but, but they need to also get the support of the entire community, but not just our community. They need to work to the point where the rest of the 94% of the country that are not API, right, also appreciate and understand how their music is worshipful and can appeal to everybody, not just the ones that look like us. Um, so there's a lot of work to be done, um, which, but it gives me hope that there's more that are growing up in the church that are playing music or being creative. We just need to, as an entire community, encourage those young people to say like, hey, is this really a passion of mine? Is this something I can really excel in? And even if I fail, is it okay with me? Is it okay with you? Right? I think that's probably, I think a lot of times we're okay with failing ourselves. But I think the problem with the Asian community is you're not going to be accepting of me failing, right? And, and sometimes those fingers pointing at us not accepting that is a lot stronger than myself feeling um, like I can't fail, right? So there's a lot of work within ourselves as individuals, but I think there's a lot more work as an entire community to really support those that you see the talent and the gift and you see their calling. We've got to really support that.